Well, hello and welcome to the Almost Enlightened podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about belief and behavior. I haven't titled this episode yet, but that'll happen in due course. So why don't I just get into it? I find myself in a curious place in that my behavior doesn't match my beliefs anymore. And I think it's going to be necessary to change my behavior. Once upon a time, I decided that I didn't like the way I was looking anymore. True story. I looked flabby and my endurance had slipped away from me. Now, the solution was quite simple. All I had to do was start working out. And if I did that, I'd lose the flab and I'd grow some muscles back. So that's what I did. And 60 days later, I'd lost that flab and I could see my muscles again. But that wasn't the only thing that had to change. You see, during those 60 days, I had to form a new habit where there wasn't one before. Every day, I had to fit in a workout. So I did that. And I knew because I'd done it before that the new behavior would create the new results. I mean, after all, I had done it before. So when you really want something, you eliminate the obstacles. And one of my biggest obstacles to doing the workouts was a lack of time. But since I was able to start the workouts a day after I'd made the decision to begin working out, it's quite obvious that I found the time. And it wasn't that it never existed. I just had to take the time because the time was always there. Now, a funny thing happens when you work out. And it happens to me every time I begin working out after a prolonged period of not working out. What's funny is that I see the change. Now, it doesn't even take me a month or a week to see the results. I actually, after my first workout, after a long hiatus, I will observe myself in the mirror. And I can see the definition in the pectoral muscles, making a continental shelf. I can see the prairie-like planes of my stomach and the beginning of the rippling waves that are my abs. I see it all on day one. And my wife thinks I'm absolutely hilarious. But I'm telling you, I still see it. I look in that mirror and see the difference after one workout. True story. When you change your behavior, you begin to realize the connectedness of other behaviors. For example, you can't work out every day and eat cake before you go to bed every night. In theory, you can't just work out every day and then feed your body garbage, right? You have to tie in an eating behavior that complements or aligns with your belief. If my belief is that I'm building muscle and eliminating flab, then my eating behavior has to reflect that belief. It wouldn't be a reflection of my belief if I were to eat Cheetos before and after every workout. Let's keep going because for me, 
there were other behaviors that had to change if I wanted to materialize the full effect of my vision. Though I've always been a great sleeper, cutting out late nights would help me have the energy to have a vigorous workout the next day. Electing to go to bed late after watching a Netflix show would only diminish my energy levels and render the next day's workout less effective. But that's not all. What about the mental fortitude it requires to perform an energy-intensive activity every day for 60 days? Because that just doesn't happen unless you will it to happen. It requires memory in order to channel the new behavior. A lot of people, myself included, make the mistake of thinking that memory is about the past. And while it is an an ability to recall something about the past, it's as much the recollection as it is about what that recollection can do in the present moment and in the future. So when you use your memory, what you're really doing is you're going back in time to conjure the energy of the concept you'd like to examine. And anything you're examining, whether it's physical or mental, has its own energy. Furthermore, the perception you bring to your observation is what determines the type of energy you'll receive from whatever it is you're observing. So here's an example. Many years ago, my father passed away of a heart attack. And when I conjure the memory of his passing, of course, it stirs up a feeling of loss and the sadness that was experienced by my family. However, I can hold that same image in my mind and be grateful for all that my dad gave to me throughout his life. And these are two different energies emanating from the same image. It's really my choice as to which one I choose to entertain. So let's get back to memory, because you see, I remember where I am. When you decide that you want something, you have to decide it's really what you want and that it's worth having or being. It requires that day after day, you go back to the essence of your desire and you know it or you feel it. It's the energy from the memory of your vision that'll actually support you. And just like you can build a road that'll support cars and trucks, it's the removal of debris on the road, the inclusion of the language of the lines of the road, and the removal of traffic that'll allow you to move with ease on those roads. But really, there are an infinite amount of aids that'll help the speed of your journey from the wind at your back to the addition or absence of streetlights, speed limit signs, pedestrian crosswalks, the type of car you're driving, the fuel you're using, and even the collective speed of other motorists on the road. When accomplishing something, I like to solicit the support of my wife. In almost every instance, my wife believes in me. She believes that I make decisions that take me closer to my objectives 
then further away from them. Which means that if I truly want something and let her know that it's important to me, I'll nearly always get her buy-in. As such, my wife's a major component, someone who's involved in the accomplishment of my desires. Not having her buy-in would be like turning a paved highway into a dirt road. The paved highway is engineered for speed, while the dirt road will still get you there, but a lot slower. Support eliminates friction. The more supports you build into your vision, the less friction that exists. And at some point, what I often find is that when built correctly, the path to my objectives are so frictionless that very little energy is required to accomplish my objectives. They just kind of happen because I've cultured the ideal conditions for success. So really it looks like this. Harness the power of memory, create a frictionless environment, and then experience it happening. I'll tell you, however, that dirt roads aren't always that bad. In fact, oftentimes, they're darn right fun. They tend to be less congested, don't they? So although you may not be able to travel down them at mock speed, you won't be bumping into as much resistance. After all, resistance can be kind of fun too. And so is the view. Hey, I'm sure you've noticed that the faster you travel in a car, for example, the less time you have to see the view, obviously. The more you slow it down, the more you see. And the more you see, the more experiences you're observing, which as we've established, hold energy with which you're capable of interacting and using. But I'll tell you to be careful of what you interact with. That's the rub. You're free to interact with everything if you want. But chances are that your interactions will interfere with the speed at which you travel towards your destination. And as long as you're aware of that, heck, interact with everything. Because there's a joy in that too. But if you really want to accomplish something or you have a specific goal in mind, then the speed at which you'll accomplish your goal really has a great deal to do with the amount of energy you devote to other things on your journey. We began today's discussion with the statement that my behavior doesn't match my beliefs anymore. Just as we've seen in the working out scenario, the behavior of eating cake every night doesn't align with getting physically fit. So it occurred to me last night that the very act of conjuring a thought is a behavior. I conjure thoughts all the time. It's a behavior. Emotional frequencies are attached to those thoughts that are created by experience. In other words, your memory. And if I can control the perception of the memory, which is just another thought that I'm conjuring, 
then I can attribute any emotion I want to the thought. And that's a behavior. Fundamentally, my beliefs are now in harmony with a viewpoint that everything in the universe is interconnected. And now that that highway exists, I'm noticing that I have some debris to clear in order to accelerate the journey to my destination. Many of my old behaviors are standing in the way of that destination, which incidentally and interestingly is only ever just a layover to the next destination. So one of the things I've realized I have to give up is competing. I've been a competitor for so long that it's become a default behavior. There is no competition when your survival depends on everything in the universe. The support of everything in the universe creates a no friction environment. It's true. That unconditional support allows everything and anything to occur at the speed of thought. And here's the really funny thing. You can change your behavior with thought by changing your behavior. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I appreciate you. 